This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello, listeners of the Mad Scientist Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Cox. We're here with my co-host, Marie Mayhew. Marie. Oh my God, Cox. I am surrounded by crystals. What an exciting time. I'm in my healing center. What an exciting time for all of us. This episode, we're talking about crystals. It's going to be good. (laughs) This episode, we are talking about crystal magic. It's a fun one and one that has really been a long time coming. We've been poking fun at crystal magic since episode one, basically, (laughs) but it's really not a topic we've delved into in any kind of full way because Mm -hmm. it's it's one of those topics that like sounds silly. But when you dig into it, there's different ways of looking at it as like a tradition or a type of magic or occultic practice. Like there's like a for every religion there is, there are a different way of using crystals or thinking about crystals like magical properties. So it's got a super long history. It's very, very interesting. And I'm super excited to get into it. Marie, get out your moonstone and carnelian because we are going in. I'm centered. I'm ready. So centered. So centered. I am so not centered. If it is one thing our listenership should know about me. I'm not centered. Not centered. I not. am that top that is wobbling like there's no tomorrow and it's just going to shoot off somewhere at any given time. So one of OK, one of the reasons we wanted to do this episode, besides Marie just being like ready to Nuts. explode with magical energy at any given magical point en- in time. Woo! Was, um, <laughs> so we Marie and I both. You know, we're young, we're hip, we're into what the kids are into these days. So we have started, we have started watching, um, I think the kids call them Tyke Tooks, uh, T-I-K-T-O-K. It is the Tyke Took. Yes. Yes, TikToks. So, um, we, we wanted to do this topic because we, we actually, Marie and I, in our, in our daily lives have a lot of people who actually do enjoy and like kind of believe in the crystal stuff, like crystal magic and things like that. Yes. We also have a lot of listeners who, um, you know, either have like, uh, YouTube channels where they talk about kind of their, their magical practice and their kind of like spiritualism or, or kind of religious beliefs. So like, um, uh, Olivia Graves, who follows us, does the, uh, the witch of wanderlust, um, YouTube channel, which is really cool mm-hmm. and a very interesting, um, a very interesting kind of look at, again, kind of like magic and and those sorts of practices in the modern age. We also have listeners who look at this from like the archaeological perspective or more of a historical perspective. Mm-hmm. There's just, you know, we a lot of people who listen to this believe in this stuff. And so although we do think that, like, obviously, you know, the person selling crystals in Sedona, Arizona on peyote, that is hilarious we also recognize that there unless is a that's your mom and then unless that's your mom, in which case apologies. Um, 
we also realize that there there is like a real there is a side to this that people take seriously yeah. and find interesting yeah. and the history yeah. of it is very very interesting for us yeah just because we're snarky buttholes does not necessarily mean that we're right exactly yes that is the most yeah. important thing and i think i think yeah i think that i think just like anything just like any cultural event or any religion or anything else there's um there's extremes and there's also ways that people take advantage of it and profit off of it right so if you have a belief and a spirituality that helps you kind of govern your life and is your you know sense of navigation in the world fire up like that is awesome and as long as you're not hurting other people keep on keeping on i think it's when it's when those the accoutrement that go with uh spirituality start to come with an exorbitant price tag is when i'm a little like okay hold up a second it's literally the moment somebody thinks hey I could charge somebody for this, which is that's when it becomes evil. of every given day. Pretty much right? <laughs> is, like right now, the there's most... somebody out there going, holy smokes, I'm going to make a million. And you know what? They are. And there's just nothing you can do about it. It's true. Yeah. Sp- speaking of uh, listen to our mm-hmm. ads and pay our ad sponsors, please. Um, anyways, we're not we're not those people. No, <laughs> no. that's the other thing. Chris and I will never be those people. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, I know. Well, uh, uh, use promo code mad at whatever the Marie, um <laughs> sidebar. The number of companies who are like, hey, yeah. you're a fat, hairy guy. You should advertise for our um, ball trimmers <laughs> is through the roof. It's through the roof. Well, why aren't we? Ta- why aren't we getting in on big ball trimmer money? dude? I, I don't I don't know. Why um, aren't we? OK. A lot of the a lot of actually the inspiration for this episode came from a book that I got called uh, Cunningham's Encyclopedia of Crystal Gem and Metal Magic by Scott Cunningham, which on the front of the book tells you very helpfully. It includes 16 page, a 16 page color insert. Um, Super fun. This book I actually picked up, I believe, at a uh, at a bookstore in New Hampshire. And it's it's interesting. It kind of goes through some of the ideas here and everything else. But so before we kind of get into specific stones and stuff. Um, what do we mean? What do we actually mean here by crystals? What do we what do we mean by this topic? So, um, you know, really the use of crystals for like different magical methodologies or practices goes back basically to the beginning of human civilization. Um, you know, if you walk through a gemstone exhibit at your local natural history museum, though, it's really easy to see why these sorts of objects might be considered might be considered holy or spiritual or, you know, just just divine, not necessarily of the earth. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, they uh, are they are truly awesome. Right. Like, yeah, they, they you see something that big and it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, they're size ones. They're um, not only not only that, they're they're beautiful mm-hmm. um, and they're unlike most things you would see in your normal natural setting. Right. If you think about. Yeah. Before we could do things like, say, metallurgy or um, chemistry or anything else like that, you know, these objects capture the light. It looks like they diffuse it in different ways. They strike. Um, they're, they're very striking, I should say, when sunlight hits them. They're mm-hmm. very hard and they're extremely durable. Um, they seem to be impervious to like heat or cold. If you throw a gemstone into a fire, um, it doesn't it doesn't decay or soot in the way that a lot of their objects will. Um, and they're found 
hidden within the earth itself, deeper uh, than most other things are than you would normally find. So they're rare, they're beautiful, and because of that, they're hoarded, they're traded for other commodities, Mm -hmm. and generally are just thought of as having a link to the divine, because again, um, you know, if we think about like the- symmetry in them, right? I mean, like so many of them are are so beautifully put together. That is another really important point. They're, um, they seem to kind of grow naturally, in symmetrical fashion as well, which we're going to talk about in a moment here on why that, why that oh. happens. Um, There's just like, they're, they're so unlike everything else you see uh-huh. that it, it's thought they have to be divine. And if we think about, you know, the kind of original religious practices, we think of them as being about light or darkness, right? Or the stars mm-hmm. and the sun and the moon and these other things. And so these are objects that seem to shine with the same brightness um, or have that same kind of quality. So it's a very interesting, it's a very interesting, I think, kind of anthropological thought process of why these things are interesting. But anyways, uh, let's get into though. Okay, we're talking about crystals and stuff. What the hell is a crystal? What is a gemstone? What is a mineral? What, what are these things? Jace. No idea. <laughs> <laughs> no idea about that. I know right. that they're mine. Right. I have a whole other segment on that, but or a whole other bunch of information on that, but I have absolutely no idea how they're formed or why they are formed in such symmetrical, geological kind of fashion. All right. First off, Marie. Yeah. Right? We got mm-hmm. rocks. Got the rocks. Okay. Now, a uh-huh. rock is just a kind of a catch-all phrase. It's any naturally occurring solid material. All right. So it's mm-hmm. like minerals and it has to be mineral or mineraloid. So like, um, you know, like a tree, like a tree is solid, but it's not a rock because it's not made of inorganic material. Right. That makes sense. Yes. Yes. All right. A rock now, is not a living thing. Right. Now, a mineral is a solid compound that has a regular crystal structure and a regular chemical composition. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, what does it actually mean? So a crystal structure, a crystal structure is the particular arrangement of atoms in a solid shape that repeats over and over again to make up a bulk material. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you think about like, like normally we think of the term crystal as just meaning like any pretty rock. Right. Like any any pretty thing is a crystal, but Mm -hmm. that's not really correct because it's not really based on the way that a rock or like a solid thing looks. It's actually based on like um, it's it's again like an atomic arrangement. And because of that atomic arrangement, because of the um, it's called like they're periodic. So they repeat in a period. Right. So like Mm -hmm. a good example of that is like you have, let's say, like salt. Salt is NaCl. Right. It's sodium chloride. And so sodium is Na and chlorine is Cl. Uh And so in a salt crystal, the way that it's arranged is it goes sodium, then chlorine, then sodium, then chlorine, then sodium, then chlorine. And that pattern happens in all um, cardinal directions off of a central sodium atom. Does that make sense? Yes. So it's forming in a... Yeah, so the the sodium can bond like up, down, left, right, and then backwards and forwards. And mm-hmm. it bonds in all of those directions to a chlorine. 
And then each of those chlorines bonds in each of those directions to a sodium. It's not random. It's not random. And that's what we right. mean by it being periodic, too, is that if you therefore, you know, that next to every sodium has to be a chlorine. And so it doesn't matter how many periods away you go. You know that next to a sodium is going to be a chlorine. Dig it. OK. Interestingly, though, like something like, say, glass, glass is not a crystal. No, because glass has a random pattern. It, ha it has no crystal structure to it. And that's actually why glass like shatters so easily is because mm -hmm. it's a completely random uh, chemical structure. So according to the International Mineralogical Association, who takes this very seriously, Marie, um, yes, they do. Minerals have the following properties. OK, they must be naturally occurring substances formed by natural geological processes. None of your fake diamonds. Thank you very much. Yeah, they that must be a soft. They must be a solid substance in natural occurrence. So that's like normal temperature, pressure, whatever, except for mercury, because it got included before they made up all these rules because um, they're just rules made up by nerds. and They don't mean anything. Um, the, the material, the material must have a well-defined crystallographic structure and it must have a fairly well-defined chemical composition. Now, that last one's kind of interesting, right? Mm -hmm. So, OK. We so that's what like a mineral is. So everything we think of as like a crystal generally are minerals. Okay, some things aren't like like um like obsidian or onyx uh -huh. like isn't really it's a type of glass but like whatever. Um now some of the other things that make minerals so interesting is um they have like uh so different chemicals can take on different crystal structures. All right. Mm, uh -huh. So a good example of this, Marie, is carbon. Yes. Right. So carbon. Oh, yes. Uh -huh. Can make diamond, but it can also make graphite. Okay. Isn't that insane? Like, okay, keep going. It's super interesting. So diamond yeah. is extremely hard. It's the hardest material we know of. Um, has all these other interesting properties and graphite is so soft that you we use it for pencil lead because it smears. Yeah. 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 And yeah. the only the difference there is that diamond is all carbon atoms arranged in a tetrahedral crystal structure. Mm -hmm. OK, and mm -hmm. graphite is carbon in sheets like two dimensional crystal sheets. That then have water like or something else between them. Yeah, it's just like flattened out. And the other one is is it is uh, an actual like dimensional three dimensional yeah. structure. Yeah. So why is it that we can't uh, we kind of now we can because we know if it's periodic and we know how the atoms are structured. Why can't we manufacture that? We can. We do. We do. Right. We I mean, do all but, the time. Yeah, yeah we so do all like, the time now. Right. Yeah. yeah. So like um, like industrial lasers and stuff use like mm -hmm. use like sapphire as like a tuning uh, material. Yeah. Um, yeah. We make industrial diamonds for things like um, saw blades or for drilling machines. Right. So we can make them now. The so this is actually kind of an interesting one. The mm -hmm. the difference is well, not really the difference, I guess. Like, let's look like think about like ruby and sapphire. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Ruby and sapphire are actually the same mineral. They're corundum. So both of them have as mostly a chemical structure of AL2O3. 
So they have two aluminums and then three oxygens. Mm-hmm. That's like the repeating pattern that happens is the aluminums are bonded to these oxygens. The only difference between ruby and sapphire is the inclusion of impurities. So ruby has chromium atoms occasionally replacing aluminum, which gives it the red or pink color. Uh-huh. Right. So it's like about 1% of aluminum is replaced by chromium to make rubies. <laughs> Sapphire, though, is basically like it can be almost anything that replaces it. Like it can be like iron, tantalum um, or iron, rather iron, titanium, vanadium, chromium, magnesium, like a whole bunch of other stuff can replace aluminum to make a sapphire to make like a blue color. Um, So then when people like when people um, when people grade these minerals or like look for them to see if Mm -hmm, they're, you mm -hmm. know, like like real or not or whatever. Yeah. Sometimes what they're actually looking for are like imperfections. So like for rubies or for sapphires, they'll look for like star rubies or star sapphires. Right. Which those ones. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, so like those ones, they're like not actually clear. Like a like a like a a ruby or a sapphire you make in a lab, it's again, you're like making a very, very well ordered crystal structure. So like generally they'll be kind of um you can make them like clear, you can you can kind of change the properties. Mm-hmm. Um but on these ruby, on the on these natural ones, what they do, or what happens essentially is there's like a there's the crystals when they grow can have like um all of the imperfections can actually get like stuck in one area mm-hmm. because so it's kind of like um you know how like with metal when you're doing well maybe you don't know this with metal like when you're when you're hitting iron with like a hammer or like a blacksmith yes. or whatever or what you're actually doing is you're like distributing the carbon better so you're you're like actually like you're actually like mm-hmm. diffusing the impurities out right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um with gems like with other solid materials, the same kind of thing can happen. And so mm-hmm. on those stars, it's like impurities that cause that like star pattern to happen. Um, That's so cool. It's super interesting. That's so cool. And as a pop culture reference, shout out uh, Steven Universe. If you've watched Steven yeah. Universe, you will have it like they do a really beautiful job of talking about gems and talking about how this actually happens in science, but also sort of a social commentary with it. Excellent show. Everyone should watch it. Yes, it is very cool. Um, so, okay. Now, all, okay, all that science stuff is kind of interesting. Yeah. It's very interesting. So, but and, here's just really quick. So then why, if basically, if we, we can make them, right? We can make diamonds. And if you have a, enough technology and enough lab, you can make them of a certain size. So why are they so, why are they so expensive? Why are they still so uh, in demand? Marketing, Marie. <laughs> Marketing! Because <laughs> people are bad. Because <laughs> we are dumb. Because we I are mean, dumb and people are bad. Like, That's so, really kind of, kind of what it comes down to, though. Yeah, I mean, some like, what's interesting, yeah. what's interesting is some minerals are really... Okay, we, we can make minerals, mm-hmm. right? Like, there's mm-hmm. actually, uh, there's, like, YouTube videos where people, like, make sapphires and rubies at home. That's so yeah. cool. And, like, they're, and the... The, we should do that. We really should. I really cannot wait to have a house with like a garage so I can do that. The I have alchemists, a garage now, dude. I'm not doing You know what? I'm after this. I'm setting this up out there. And we're just doing it. <laughs> Send the summary. Uh, what's interesting is there's also like there's historical precedence to this, too. Right. Like the alchemists, mm-hmm. um, like say like Cagliostro or um, 
What's the guy that like Astonishing Legends really likes? That's like that alchemist that uh, supposedly like had, ma- you know, he could make rubies and sapphires. Like, there's oh, of course. The, the Saint, Germain. Saint Germain. Saint Germain. Saint Germain. Yes. There's there's that like is. there's some yeah. theory or thought out there that like they might have actually been making synthetic rubies and sapphires like it's not or or they might have been making like other similar like gems because it's really hard to tell the difference you know the other thing too though that we haven't really touched on is like when ruby and sapphire grow naturally they have a crystal structure but it is not the crystal structure that we see when you like buy a ruby at the store yeah that's Mm -hmm. from like cutting and polishing and everything else so that's the other thing too is um you you're have to like manipulating the stone exactly like you have to into something right you have you're, you're actually like artisanally like stuff, yeah fastening it and creating it into something so it's a bit more complicated than like what we're talking about but like like i like have bought um i bought a bunch of like garbage sapphires and rubies and stuff just because i find them interesting like I, I seriously did like on amazon you can sell you can buy them for like 30 bucks like uh you know you get like 15 um sapphires from india for like 30 bucks or whatever. And again, they're probably going, just made in some kid's garage. We're going. They're probably class. No, uh, they're not. But um, we'll go into like, again, the social economic yes. ramifications of doing that. But yeah, I mean, like if you look online, if you look at uh, Etsy, if you look at your Amazon, you can buy big bags of this type of stuff for relatively low. Like uh, the one I like is uh, what is it? It's Labradorite. Oh, Labradite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Labradite, I think, is beautiful, and it has so many different colors, and it's like, I think jewelry that's made out of that is remarkable. Like, I, one of my favorite things is, like, you know, going to the, like, the Natural History Museum's exhibits for gemstones and stuff like that, because it is really impressive, especially when they're so huge and they're in these natural formations that are so amazing. Oh, it's and, super Like cool. you said, you can, you can see how they are inspiring something that is sort of otherworldly about them. Absolutely, yeah. No, for sure. I mean... Well, so the other the other part of their like otherworldliness mm-hmm. comes in the use of them for magic, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, what do we actually mean by magic, or like what, what is it by magic? What, what do we actually mean by magic? So, <laughs> so magic again is one of those terms that means like a million different things to a million different people. Mm-hmm. Generally, though, when you're using a stone for magical practice. What you're doing is or what the general idea is, I guess, is the stone has some link, some natural emotive power that Mm -hmm. it has. Mm -hmm. And so by you channeling that same emotion or the or something that requires that emotion through the stone or with the stone, it can help kind of amplify or focus what you're trying to do. Right. So like a lot of times magic, the way that it's described kind of in like the Western tradition is it's personal will focused to a height of power to To make something happen. Yeah. To a physical, some kind of physical object. Yeah. So it's like, it's like why, you know, in like, say like Satanism um, or some types of Satanism, whatever, Mm The idea of magic was like you would go to these like big power, you know, you'd you'd go and dance like crazy and scream in this room and whatever. And that emotion, the kind of raw anger, whatever emotion you had, that is then what would kind of shoot your 
mystical goo to the energy or whatever, or the universe, right? Which is still the same as a Bacchanal with Dionysus from the ancient Greeks. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yes. So it's so it's always kind of like your your emotion or your mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. thoughts hit a pitch of inevitability almost. Mm-hmm. And then this object is like focusing that inevitability and helping you make it make something happen. Yeah. So like if you if you so, go ahead. Question. Question. Lot to unpack. Question. So what you're basically saying then is Gwyneth Paltrow is a witch like it, like th- that's the kind of funny thing is like if you if you take like the most Kim basic Kardashian is a witch no yeah 100 percent. no absolutely like if you take the most basic there's something really that I would buy that I would buy Kardashian's got some sort of hookup that is like well if you dazzling t- all of us with some kind of glamour spell if you take the most like basic definition of magic if, if like if you read like oh you know if you read like just I'm just being glib. I know. No, but like, but but seriously, though, like if you strip all of like the bullshit, like window dressing away from it. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. The idea has always been that like there is a link between the physical and the mental realities. And so just like you can imagine. I can imagine that, you know, when I was a kid, I would think that I was going to be a scientist Mm -hmm. and you have to do something to make it happen, but still the thought like that, that the motion of the thought, the kind of push to make it happen and seeing it in your mind and, and recognizing that it could happen, you could then make it happen. So in some ways, like magic has always just kind of been like, it's kind of like fake until you make it mm-hmm. like you just like it's like dress for the job you want, not the job you have sort well, of. Interestingly enough, you're not you are not alone. The uh, two f- a Pew Forum uh, organization believes, uh, you know, they're the ones that do all of the um, all of the polling information and statistics say that 42 percent of Americans hold some type of or much more of them hold some type of new age belief. But 42 percent believe in something that a physical object can hold spiritual energy. And 42% is kind of like a good, a good percentage of people. I mean, I would argue if we didn't like, if we, I would argue that that is, if you, if we didn't make it say to them, like it was a new age belief or a spiritual belief, like that's the, it would go up. Exactly. Like most people have still beliefs or thoughts like this because I think it's a very. Really quick. It's the Pew Research Center. Pew Research. Okay. Pew Pew Research. research, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that's but that's like if you think about even say like in Christianity or Catholic Catholicism, right? Yes. The host, um, the host, which is part of the Eucharist, that is like supposed to be the priest is imbuing it with magical properties. Yes. By blessing. It's just like a a perfect example of this in a lot of ways. It is. So um, and it's the same thing with like lighting a candle for someone and then praying for them at a church or. Um, having an image of a saint in your home or or, or even a cross, right? The idea is to have this object that focuses your religious fervor or your belief. Or um, uh, a mandala, right? Exactly. I am am focusing my meditation into an object, right? So I think I can see that. I can, I would buy into that. And I think, yeah, as soon as you can say, but like, I think when you start to, 
I won't say recently, but I think when you start to talk about crystals within, you know, the last couple of centuries, it is lumped into something called New Age belief, right? I mean, absolutely. Yeah, that's no, for sure. sort of in a New Age belief is somewhat different than like your traditional uh, religious group, right? Traditional religious group has a much more um, organized foundation. A New Age belief has much more of like an individual spirituality it's how i would how i would kind of loosely categorize. I, I think it. so i think so but so but for example like so it okay it feels like it's kind of a new age or like a more modern not more modern but it feels like something that we don't What's we don't co-opted yeah like we don't we right. don't normally think of it as being like part of say like judeo-christianity yeah right but right. it actually has a super long history there and actually that is what we're going to get into a little bit when we come back from the break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, like we said, there is a kind of a, a modern day thought that this is like a new thing, that like crystal magic is becoming hot again or whatever. Not that it's a new thing, but that it's like this is this is something counter to like Catholicism or counter to Christianity or counter. It, I, I don't know, Marie, what do you like? <laughs> you're like, that's so stuff. What do I mean, Marie? Oh, what do I mean? Well, I think just like uh, Constantine. Uh, co-opted the existing beliefs of uh, the people that he kind of conquered, right? Mm -hmm. You is you inevitably will. Any religion has some type of part of the past. Religions are part of uh, part of the symbology that they've in, that they've co-opted into their own into their own belief structure, right? Yes. So even if like, even if I'm new age, I'm Gwyneth Paltrow, I'm, you know, or I'm, I'm shopping on goop for the $80 a piece, uh, you know, vaginal egg crystals or whatever they are. Right. <laughs> you know, like those, she didn't like, that didn't come out of, that didn't just hatch out of nowhere. Right. The idea, even though it is like really far-fetched and gets a lot of press and is, and is really humorous. It's like those ideas are, rooted from other beliefs and that's why i think that's what kind of can also make them um you know can make them carry through that doesn't mean that that's like but that's just christianity or catholicism or whatever in a different cloak it's it's that the idea of a physical object having a spiritual property um i want to say kind of universal mm -hmm. I, yes okay is that close? Yes. Did I even is, come in is, within the realm? Yes, no, that is super all right. close. Um, yes. All right. Okay. So, all right. So, yeah. So, I think I exactly like what Marie said, but I said much worse. This idea of, like, we think of crystals as being something that was never co-opted or never part of Christianity, but actually is, has a super long history in it. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yes. So, one really good example of that is actually salt. So, 
Reading oh, it from yeah, this yeah. book here, right? It says salt, energy. It's receptive. Its element is earth. Its deity is Aphrodite. Um, and its powers. Popcorn. Its oh, powers are purification, protection, grounding, and money. Um, mm-hmm. It's like a super common Christian thing. Yeah, like salt protects you from demons and all that other junk. Well, yeah, um, and you it's throw always salt been used over for your shoulder, right? Exactly. You, you spill it, you throw it over your shoulder. Yeah. Salt has always been used in like full creations and whatever. You're not doing that with pepper. You're not doing that with cayenne. No. You're not doing that with pepper. You're not doing that with pepper. The other interesting thing, the other interesting thing with crystals, or I guess kind of with these sort of gemstones, is in the first like book of the Bible in Exodus, we hear about um, the high priest of like the temple. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that priest is wearing a very specific outfit. Right. So the priest wears like um, a whole bunch of different kind of stuff. But so they wear um, they wear a turban, a belt, a tunic, trousers. Right. So these are like special ceremonial outfits. But then they also wear a apron. Right. Which is called the ephod, which is this sort of like it's it's uh, a special apron that's got different like types of um, gold and other materials weaved into it. But then also a breastplate. Now, the breastplate is really interesting because the breastplate is made up of, again, sort of these special uh, fabrics, but then also has 12 precious stones set into it. Um, And in each of those stones was inscribed the 12, the names of the 12 tribes of Israel, and each was supposed to go to a story or a a reason for this tribe having this, uh, what's the word? having this specific uh, thing stone. Yeah. Right. So, Probably, some, so, yeah. so the names were things like, so um, the tribe of Levi had carbuncle. Simeon had pras. Reuben had Ruby. Judah had emerald. Issachar had sapphire. Zebulun, pearl, gad, crystal. Uh, Naphtali had turquoise. Dan had um, like an amber. Benjamin, Jasper, Joseph, onyx. And then Asher was chrysolite. And so some of the reasons are things like, so for example, Reuben, um, Reuben is said to have sinned. Um, by uh, changing the the bed of his uh, mother and his father's concubine, so um, the red Don't be color. Doing that. Don't be doing I, that. It's a very biblical kind of thing. Like your dad already had a concubine. It's like, why are you doing it? whatever? So the red is supposed to like the red See, is supposed that's to for another episode for a therapist. Whichever <laughs> comes first. The, the red is supposed to represent like Ruben's shame. At having said this, so like each of these stones has an uh, has an associated uh, emotion, right? So yeah. Rubens was mostly with shame or embarrassment. Yeah. None um, of them are particularly light, right? None of them are like happy go lucky. No. <laughs> so Simeon's Simeon's go, Simeon's gemstone um, praise P R A S E. It's um his, his uh like. The the tribe sinned and their faces turned like a deathly green pale color. And that's the color of this gemstone. Yeah, none of the gemstones are like the gemstone for whistling. No, no. Or, you know, or humming happy or skipping or whatever. No. Just lollygagging. There's the gemstone for lollygagging. And that's right up there on the breastplate. No, man. <sighs> yeah, Sorry. it's no, it's it's super interesting. So like. A lot of them are like the same kind of story. And so the, and the tribes of Israel are coming from like um, Joseph. So like if you've ever seen Joseph in the technical or dream code or like heard that yeah. story or whatever, it's yeah. th- those are the those are the brothers that become the tribes of Israel. 
Right. Right. So, right. um, right. and they're serious stories, right? They've got some gravitas to them. But if any of our listeners know what the gemstone of lollygagging would be, please let us know. Yes, please do let us know. So it's it's super interesting that they have this kind of like connection here. And actually, part of another another part of like the another part of the breastplate were these two things, and we don't really know what they were, but they were called the Urim and Thummim. Earth Urim, Urim and Thummim. And they were basically these like they were connected to the priests. Um, like they were basically uh, what's the word? Um, they were on the priests like. His robe kind of thing, but it's not really like a robe. It's kind of like a turban, I guess I would say more than anything. Um, so it's like it's like the apron thing, right? So like mm-hmm. if you think if you look at like. um it's kind of like a it's like a shawl, I guess. I don't know how to describe it, Marie. Anyways, the effort. Um, so uh-huh. but so what this had, they were these two heavy. Like this is a lot of weight. It sounds on like a lot too. for like it sounds like a lot for the Middle right. East to be wearing. Um, hot. You're very sweaty. hot. But so like supposedly what these things down. were. So Urim and Tumim are like normally translated as being like lights or perfections or the perfect lights. And so it's supposed to be like an, an a physical abstraction of God's judgment or Ooh. God's thought. And so the okay. idea was like the priest could ask into these objects something. And then the 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 whatever these things were would then give back an answer from God. Oh, OK. And so it's kind of they're kind of like divining stones almost interesting um but actually a a lot of again crystal magic today talks about like you can again you can like scry into the stones right or they will give you an answer you can have them hang on rods or whatever like or on chains um Mm -hmm. it's a super Mm -hmm. interesting thing and so one of the other ones it's very similar to like in latter-day saints um mythology they talk about like joseph having a uh, joseph having a special object that Mm -hmm. he could Joseph Smith having a special object that he could oh, yeah. kind of look through to read the stone tablets. Yes. Right? So yes. the idea was that like these objects, these crystals could allow you to like know when was this actually God's divine belief or prophecy or whatever. Yes. And when was it just, when was it just bullshit? Yes. You know, I will put in a quick, uh, quick plug here. My mom has a crystal on a, uh, like a pendulum, right? And she'll mm-hmm. hold it on a stone or hold it. She'll hold the stone and it's on a like a chain or something and it will start going one direction or another. I I cannot vouch for its validity or even what it's made out of, nor will I make fun of it because she'll mark us down in stars. But <laughs> I'll say that like, I mean, that type of that type of sort of the, you're using it as a translation device, right? I mean, you're basically getting an answer or uh it's translatable information from the mouth of god or from the will of god or the 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 voice of god or whatever it is is coming through something to give you some kind of guidance i think is kind of again it's like it's a physical object that is this this um prism or this uh medium for which you're able to understand a greater divine power Mm -hmm. it's just a i mean again it's kind of a very interesting like I can get like why that's like I can get, you know, again, that that that's sort of the 
the the history of it and i think the the you know the foundation of it i do think however that those things can get exploited and those things can also get blown out of proportion just like anything else and i will say like i do feel like the most recent bout on tiktok was kind of a good example of that in some ways which is you know, I don't know if we're ready to discuss that yet or not. We absolutely are ready. To, let's right. go, go into it, Marie. Let's do well, it. Well, like the whole, I can't remember the stone's name, Moldavite, right? Oh, Moldavite. Yeah, something like Moldavite, that. Moldavite, yeah. right, which is a green color and really was coming up. You know, people on TikTok, um, you know, were saying that they, they had Moldavite earrings and they lost one of them and then their mom got cancer and then they got in a car wreck, right? And it's like, you have these sort of videos of, or, you know, you have these clips, these TikToks of like, you know, hysterical young people, you know, really upset because this happened to them. Right. And it's like, and naturally, you know, instead of it being sort of this, you know, this prophecy of warning, you know, like the plague upon all your houses kind of thing, it's selling out everywhere. Right. Amazon can't keep it in stock. The price of it is going up and people want it more, which again, is like, do I think that like, you know, they're talking about the properties of the stone and when you, when it touches your skin, you can feel it vibrating and you have this, you know, this dizzying sensation and it's like scientifically that stone's not going to do that to you. That no. just does not have the properties to do that. Right. So it's like, is it psychosomatic? Is it something else? Maybe. Are you communing with a stone? Okay. But I, you know, I, I think that there's something about like, I'm not going to I'm not going to judge someone's experience, you know, even though I sound sort of snarky when I talk about it. I'm not going to judge someone's experience that they've had with um, some some object. Right. Because mm -hmm. I, I didn't have that experience. However, I do think the one thing that people should be more aware of or should be thinking about are that these are stones, these are minerals, these are rocks that are being mined in places including in, you know, in our United States that are not necessarily coming from ethical sources. No. Right? It's like the majority of this stuff comes from Madagascar, you know, and it comes from, you know, you know, incredibly impoverished uh, environments. And, you know, you, you know, we'll post some, some links to some articles that basically your healing crystals are coming from places that you know, that don't even have drinking water, that don't even have, you know, that have definitely don't have any kind of infrastructure. People are living completely below poverty, but are mining these things, you know, as as sort of being sold from a multi-billion dollar industry. Like, that's the other thing that kind of threw me that really was revelatory in this research was like, holy smokes, like, I knew that sort of, again, like, quote unquote, the new age you know, had some capital behind it, but crystals alone are a multi double digit billion dollar industry year over year. It's like that episode of um, South Park where Stan's grandpa is buying stuff on the gym shopping network. Yes. <laughs> and so he like he buys it. So there's a whole there's a whole pro there's a whole series of it where it's like mm -hmm. um, it shows like they go Stan and like Carbon and them go to India 
and they go to like one of the places where there's like, you know, thousands of people making this crappy cheap jewelry. And they're like, well, what the hell? Like, you know, stop it. And the kid's like, it's not me. Like, I'm not the one that's I don't make money off of this this way. Right. And it's like, well, then how the hell do people make any money on this? And so then it just goes into this whole like it shows like, you know, OK, so the gems are like gathered in India or whatever. They're gathered in these poor countries. People are paid like sweatshop labor prices to make the jewelry. Mm-hmm. It then gets shipped over to the United States where it's sold on these like either these crazy TV stations or on Amazon or whatever, these other garbage places where people are just selling it. It's like. You know, whatever they sell them for super high prices or crystal, you know, like again, like gemstone, you know, uh, your fairground, right? It'll sell out your fairground and then you go in and there's just trays and trays and trays and trays and trays. Right, right, right. And then it's like and then eventually all of that stuff gets sold back to like it gets, you know, in the the episode, it's like then that jewelry gets sold to the cash for gold places and then they just send it back to India and then it gets back to the United States to be sold to people's grandparents for marked up prices, um, which is like partially true. But like in this case, you know, mining for gemstones is really yeah. bad for the environment. Oh, yeah. It's super unsustainable. Yeah. You talk and about shitty. Like, you know, your blood. What is it? Your your bloodstone diamond. Right. Or whatever it's called. Like, I can't remember. What's the term? The blood blood diamonds blood diamonds oh yeah. just blood diamonds duh but i mean it's like yeah you know about those but you don't know like oh my you know my rose crystal or whatever is like no they're coming from someplace the bigger and the more extravagant they are you know the 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 more some other country is getting pretty much raked over the coals for them it's just like you know and, and again like there's this weird Again, I'm going to make a huge generalization about like, well, there's a tie in about like your connectivity to Earth. Right. But this is a connectivity to where these things came from and that that's the power of it. You're harnessing to really have a deeper understanding. If it's not through God, it's it's sort of through again, through Gaia or Mother Earth or something. And it's like, yeah, no, none of that is really the case. And if you're if you're researching these or buying these, you know, look at like the most ethical way of. of making that investment or grow them yourself. Well, what's you know, what's actually, I think really interesting is if you, I watch a lot of YouTube videos that are my YouTube viewing habits are pretty specific, Marie. They are. (laughs) And now we're all going to learn about them. Yes. Yeah. So they are, so they are either, Uh, they are either Korean news channel does story about animal in person's home. So it's like either a fat <laughs> raccoon or like a cat or like something like that. That's like, I'd say that's like 25%. It's, it's video mm-hmm. games being speed run. That's 25%. Oh, yes. Excellent. And then, Excellent. And then recently a pretty big chunk, I'd say like 50% recently has been, um, people digging for gold or gems Love out that. in the wilderness. That, that is cool. There is out there. Yeah. I mean, yes. like, that is something like, that is out there. But even yes. then, they're talking about how, like, this is pretty bad for the environment. You can't have the yeah. runoff here from this going into the river because it'll dirty it all. And it's like and this is like people with like their kids going out there with like buckets. You know what I mean? Like, it's not yeah. it's not like this is an industrial process. Like, this is still like a one person or like maybe a family operation in there. You know, but again, it is it is like a hugely um 
there's some of these where the guy's like he's chunking off pieces of stone and he's like this is like a sixty thousand dollar stone and it's like that is the ugliest stone i've ever seen in my entire life <laughs> like are you are you kidding me sir so i mean I think that's the other part of this, that you can have it with like a connection to nature, like you're kind of saying you can do it in a way that is sustainable and kind of interesting and everything else. But the ones like with the Moldavite, that is a it's it's formed by a meteor striking the earth. Mm -hmm. That doesn't happen that often. No. (laughs) So it's like a limited. That doesn't happen that often. These are limited resources by definition, almost. Yeah. So it always creates this situation where it's like you are not that it's unsustainable, but like, cause you, again, we can make these in a lab now, you know, but <laughs> people don't just... want to buy it no. from a lab. People want to buy it from like, buy it from, they yes. want someone to have found it or whatever. Right. Which again, I think that is again, another one of the mythos is where you're buying it from is some sort of, guru-esque property to it and it's like again it's like i don't know i think that is just something that maybe should have a certain amount of scrutiny to it right like again however you feel you're communing with whatever it is that object is is it's cool and it's your business however you should also be aware of like who is making a profit and how sustainable is that profit and how ethical is that is that is that venture right does that does that like doesn't that on some cosmic level negate what you're doing right if you're if you're like you know invested in in having a, a communion with Gaia or a communion with like you know have using this this thing to open yourself up through mother earth and basically you find out that that was because you know it was done through basically a mining company you know in madagascar where they don't have drinking water and they're like severely below poverty level and it's basically forced labor i mean doesn't that negate some of that yeah marie i I gotta say i saw madagascar the movie and you are not describing (laughs) it accurately i know i know those animals seem much happier than what you're kind of describing they like to move it move it chris that's that's what i took away from that that's what i thought like to move it move it uh, and no, I guess point, they like, you know, I guess they just like to also exploit it, exploit it, exploit, exploit it. Oh, God, not as You're, not as catchy a hook. I don't know why Not as catchy your point. No, your point is well taken. I mean, I think it's kind of it's interesting, right? It's sort of like the. Um, again, I'm pulling out one of my few Star Wars references. Um, don't they have to, like, find the crystals that go into their own Kyber, lightsabers? Kyber saber. Yeah, they have to find Kyber saber crystals. Yes. OK. Yes, they do. It's, you know, crystals, it's, yes. I, so I played there's a video game that came out where, like, you, you play as a Jedi or whatever. It's called Jedi Fallen Order. It's very, very good. Yes. Fallen um, Order is excellent. It's really good. Oh my God. And so um, in that, you have to, like, go to find your crystal for your lightsaber. Yes. And you, like, you feel like the crystal, like, calls to you. Right. Yes. I think there's something to be said that if it, again, like what you're saying, Marie doesn't buying it from somebody like, I, like in Harry Potter, it's stupid with like the wand or the wand chooses the wizard, right? Yeah. Like yeah. you can't yeah. get that connection on Amazon. You can't get that connection <laughs> on like buying it from an influencer or whatever. Like, right. It seems to me it's that if, again, if you're going, yeah, like make if, money off of that. Like if make you're going to if you're going to like find a piece that speaks to you or like makes you have that kind of feeling or that you're going to use for your spirituality. It seems to me like it should be something that you like 
not that you find because that's also kind of like a like stupid gatekeeping of like religious or spirituality or whatever but like it is kind of an interesting dichotomy of like yeah it's something you should just be aware of that's all i mean like you know again like i'm i'm not gonna tell you not to buy stuff from jeff bezos or from gwyneth paltrow but you know i just think it's it's just one of those things where you know it comes it comes into question you should at least consider it and think about it and maybe hey maybe there's a maybe there's a rock or a mineral in your backyard that's you know just as uh just as um just as effective i would love to hear from our listeners who do do the crystal stuff yeah about this one for sure because like again you know well all we know about is the little bit that we do know um it would be fascinating to hear from somebody and kind of how they use it and and what they think it does for them and everything else i mean and there's probably sustainable ways of going about it too like i don't doubt that i just you know a question i you know i think if you're looking at sort of the mass like going on amazon to purchase it that's you know but we would love oh, yeah. to hear that. And again, you know, what is the what is the gemstone of lollygagging? <laughs> Listeners, we love you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Thank Mad you. Scientist Podcast. Ow. Good stuff, Marie. Thank you again, dear listeners, for listening to the Mad Scientist podcast. I have been your host, Chris Cogswell, joined by my co-host, Marie Mayhew. If you'd like to contact the show, please send us an email at themadscientistpodcast at gmail.com. That's all one word. You can also follow us on Twitter at madscientistpod or at teamgiantsquid for Marie. And of course, you can see us on Facebook, on Instagram, and all over the internet as the Mad Scientist Podcast. And again, our logo is the one with the pumpkin head, so it's easy to see. Mm-hmm. If you've enjoyed the show tonight, please consider supporting us on Patreon where the money that you give to us will help us to promote this show further, to make it better, and just to spend more time making it. Because we love doing that. We do love doing that. Our logo was designed by Carrie Shaheen. Our web design is done by Desdemona Howard. And our sound design is done by Jake Cardinal. Thanks again for listening. (laughs) Thank you. This has been a damn it chippy production. We're such butts. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Okay, we're good. Excuse me, I'm burping. Okay, you ready? I'm ready. Okay, so hey there. I'm Hannah, and I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are we are always unpacking that very question on sleepover cinema check out sleepover cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcast.com see you soon